Welcome to Tea Break with Vivian Cosimir. Vivian and her guests are here to help you empower yourself and open your mind to higher realizations. Now, here is Vivian. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this October podcast on living outside the box. My slogan, if coffee wakes you up, tea awakens you. With the beautiful fall colors, at least on the East Coast, let's have an autumn tea and add cinnamon, cardamom, or any other fall spices. And let me know how it feels. I am Viviane Casimir, and I have the pleasure to be here with Jane Ramsey, an artist and transformational coach, and Andrea Swanner, a visionary and conscious business coach. Two wonderful women who come from a business background and have stepped outside the box in their own way. Jane is showing us a conscious living experience and Andrea a way to embark on a conscious business. As I explained in the introduction of this podcast, we all know, of course, the expression think outside the box, which means, quote, to explore ideas that are creative and unusual and that are not limited or controlled by rules or tradition. It is supposed to mean thinking creatively, freely, and off the beaten path, end quote. So to take this metaphor further, the box is itself our society with its limited reality and ego space. Therefore, to truly experience our true nature, we need to shift from thinking to living outside the box, which is about a different way to relate to yourself, others, the world, and the universe. It's about true self-transformation. So Jane will share with us her conscious approach as a transformational coach and how her use of creativity takes us outside the box. And after the break, Andrea will share with us her three fundamental concepts when helping entrepreneurs develop a conscious approach to grow their 21st century businesses. So welcome, Jane. I'm so glad you have time to share with us a cup of tea in these beautiful autumn colors. Your background is very impressive and let's say colorful in its multidisciplinary facets. You were a businesswoman, now an artist, writer, meditation coach, and much more. But you know what? After all, they are all one and the same. It's all based on your power of creativity. No wonder that you call yourself creativity advocate. And creativity is in fact the subject of our discussion. So let's dive into the subject. The first question I usually ask my guest is, you Jane were a Fortune 500 business executive and after you retired you became a transformational coach. Can you share with us What made you choose this path? Well, thank you, Vivian. I'm so excited to be with you. And I I was a corporate executive for many years. And I became, I would say, a more balanced leader over time. But when I was a stressed out business person, I felt far away from knowing who I was and what I wanted in life. Yet even during corporate life, I was a closet seeker. I have always had a yearning to know the secrets to living a vibrant, fulfilling life. And I wanted to learn 
what wise teachers know about questions like, why are we here? And how do I live my best life using more of my potential? How do I find my purpose? And I wanted to wake up excited every day. And when I suddenly retired from corporate life, I finally had an opportunity to go on a deep transformational journey. You know, I, I know you love quotes, and I love the one by George Eliot that says, it's never too late to be what you might have been. And with that kind of spirit, I started on this quest, and I deeply studied subjects that I felt could help me understand the secrets to living a more meaningful life. And so I studied human potential, creativity, imagination, innovation, awakening, advanced spiritual philosophy, feminine energy, wellness, quantum physics, the science of happiness, and so much more. We've been on so many similar paths. And I've learned from amazing teachers around the world, and many of them we both admire. And I felt myself waking up and, and breaking through to new levels of insight. And I became a certified meditation coach. I wrote a book. I dove deeply into creativity. I declared myself an artist and I began selling my work. And now I'm inspired to coach clients about the things I love to learn about and teach myself from meditation, creativity, to self-expression, well-being, finding your dharma, leadership, and more. Oh, wow. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, you know it's interesting to see where people come from. You know, isn't it? It's so diverse. It's it's impressive. And as you said, I didn't know that. As you said, you were already on the path when you were a businesswoman. So no wonder. That's that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. So one of the core concepts of your approach is creativity. You even call yourself, as I said earlier, creativity advocate. I love that expression. How do you define creativity as it is, for me, much more than the common understanding we attach normally to artists, musicians, inventors? Well, thanks for the question. You know, to me, creativity is the ability to transcend. And it allows us to move beyond traditional ideas and rules and patterns and imagine new ideas and interpretations. And in my definition, there are elements of originality and imagination. And I know when we spoke before, you mentioned a definition of creativity that really meant something to me about moving out of old patterns and learning to express our new yes. ourselves yeah. in ways. Mm-hmm. And um, you talked about an inner quality that opens us up. And mm-hmm. I can uh, read that quote. If you want. Oh yeah, please yeah, do. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I found it on the internet because I like to see what is the common understanding first of yes, society. Yes. You know, so creativity is the ability to develop and express ourselves and our ideas in new ways. That's from Michael Blitz. Creativity is going beyond the usual, stepping outside the box. It can be defined in many ways, such as how a person explores ideas or uses different ways to solve issues and how one experiences life. I love that. You mean too. It's just perfect. And, you know, so many people ask me, wow, creativity and personal transformation, how do you combine those things? And one of the secrets I learned is that we are all creative. There's an artist in each of us. We all have an essence in us that seeks self-expression 
you know, creativity is a distinctly human capability. It just, this Mm. creativity distinguishes us from other sentient beings. And I think creativity is one of the most exciting things about being human. We all want to mold and shape and create the world around us. Yeah. Yeah. For me, creativity was a catalyst in my own transformation. And it helped me get to know myself and explore many spiritual concepts. That's cool. Yeah. I I have two quotes here, uh, just to emphasize what you just said, because I did react to uh, one's life, experience life, you know. And uh, here I have one that says, a creative life is an amplified life, a happier life, an expanded life, bringing forth our best, feeling free to respond to what life brings us at the highest level. Uh, at the highest level, is the most fulfilling kind of creativity. Being creative does not feel like work. And that's from Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah. I love that. And the so other much. one. Yeah. Big Magic was one of the best books. Oh, I didn't know that one. Oh, well, now I'm going to buy it. <laughs> and the other one quote is from a novel. It's a, a rock, I'm sorry, a rock pile ceases to be a rock pile the moment a single man contemplates it, bearing within him the image of a cathedral. And that's from the little prince, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. And it's just to show that your gaze changes when you transform your life in that sense. Everything else, I mean, when you transform your, 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 your mindset, your gaze, your, when you step out of this box, your life changes. And that's, for me, the power of creativity in self-transformation. It creates that automatically. Yeah. So, why, according to you, is creativity important to everyone? And why should we think about cultivating what you call everyday creativity? Well, I believe creativity to be one of the most important attributes a person can have. And it seems that every survey of CEOs shows creativity is a vital skill for leaders, for companies to grow and thrive. And certainly creativity is vital to solve our climate crisis and to find ways to keep peace and deal with financial and market fluctuations. So there's there are huge global reasons why creativity is vital, but cultivating creativity is also really important to us as individuals as we navigate life. And we strive to live our best life in the midst of all kinds of challenges. And we know that creativity can help you solve problems more quickly and find innovative solutions. Being creative opens your mind up, as you were just saying, looking at the situation from a new altitude and you connect ideas, you see patterns, and that gives you perspective. Mm -hmm. And... I do love what Elizabeth Gilbert was saying about creativity being inherent in everybody's consciousness and giving us access to unlimited joy and grace. And, you know, when you create something, you're playing. And that Uh brings you joy. And it also makes you feel connected to your soul and helps you feel more alive. So when you're brimming with creativity, your mindset is in this open, active place, and you're just naturally more able to generate solutions to problems, and that makes you more innovative. 
And creativity mm-hmm. also boosts your confidence so that you can tackle mm-hmm. anything that comes your way. And when you express yourself, you get clarity and you get new insights. And it also helps you relieve stress and just mm-hmm. live a more meaningful life. <clears throat> so I, I think you mm-hmm. mentioned everyday creativity. And just as you problem solve your way through your day today activities, if you step back and notice, you're always coming up with novel, useful, innovative ideas all the time. And you're always taking actions to support your health and well-being and connect to other people and just use originality in how you live. And you do it as you're paying bills and commuting and helping your friends and families. And anytime you stop and think, how could I be doing this in a new and fresh way? Uh, Everyday creativity. So. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, okay, yeah. You know, it's interesting because creativity is, of course, a, a large concept, but we can look at it from different angles. And the thing for me is when people use it in business, in, a, in mainstream business, when people use it as, okay, we have a big problem, let's use think outside the box techniques, you know, to solve a problem. So they, they think outside the box, meaning they try to, to go beyond what are the mainstream rules to solve a problem. But that, after the problem is solved, they go back to the other way of thinking. You know what I mean? (laughs) So your sense of creativity for me hit me because I'm like, wow, that's not just for this situation. I'm going to use my creative mode mind. No, it's from within. So it's really for me in that sense self-transformative. So yeah, it's, it's powerful. So, yeah, in a way, it's like when we say uh, in Zen or any other practice, you know, like meditation has to be a daily practice, even if it's five minutes. Be in it. Transform yourself from that. Don't wait for, oh, I feel so depressed. I'm going to meditate. You know, it's not a pill. It's a practice. So creativity in that sense. Practice it. Develop your free mind of looking at life differently. So which brings us to another question. How might creativity lead to the expansion of consciousness and how might someone use creativity to deepen their own spirituality? Well, I know you believe this too, but transformation requires inner work and knowing yourself. And I I teach a series of courses for adults that use creativity. And in my courses... Mm -hmm. We learn the beliefs of different wisdom traditions and we ponder the big existential questions and we create in our art journals. Oh. And that was not only for play, but also self-reflection. So when you create in your private journal, you notice how you're choosing to view and experience your life. So I'll give you a couple of specific examples of how creativity and expressing yourself can deepen your own spirituality. Mm-hmm. So when you learn to meditate with me, one of the first questions that you ask yourself is, who am I? Yeah. And you sit in silence and meditation and you ask your inner wisdom, who am I? And you listen for the answer. So my clients also explore this question creatively. So they use the question meditation, of course, but then they also explore the answers that are coming to them in their art journals. So you're sitting quietly with your journal and you ask yourself, who am I? And you just write whatever comes. So it could be your name. It might be your gender or age. It might be a role you play in life, teacher, friend, mm-hmm. 
father or mother. It might be your title at work. It might be an emotion that you're feeling. And what's fascinating, as I have meditated on this question over time, my answers shift. <laughs> yeah. Some of some of the ego answers are still the same. I'm still Jane Ramsey. I'm still, <laughs> you know, an aunt and a friend, and I'm still grateful. But once I was an executive, now I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a student once in life. Now I'm a student again. At, in my late 60s, I'm also a teacher and a coach. I'm someone who sees a larger story to my life now. I'm a human uh-huh. being, but I also understand, of course, that I'm a spiritual be- being encased in a human body. So, huh. I mean, through this creative exploration, I see the divinity in myself like I see the divinity in you. And I know that there is something timeless in me and all of us. So that's one example of using creativity to deeply explore knowing yourself, which in turn strengthens your own inner knowing and spirituality. And there are tons of exercises like that. We explore the chakras, the universal laws, our inner superhero, the divine feminine, higher consciousness, and a lot more. So that's, oh, I hope, wonderful. That answers your question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was going to ask you, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about that at the end, but still, um, for your great uh, seminars or classes, people can go to your website, which is, can you give us your, your website? Yes, it's jane-ramsey.com. Perfect. And explore <clears throat> the courses that you offer. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, about uh, spirituality and creativity, uh, I have a list of uh, uh, quotes, but from different uh, different disciplines. So that's why it's very interesting. There are, are quotes from artists, from scientists, from business people, from writers. So how people see that. And uh, one quote from Kurt Von Gott, I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, to practice any art, no matter how well or badly, is a way to make your soul grow. So do it. <laughs> I like that. I love that. Quote. I love that. Yeah. Another one. Creativity does not wait for that perfect moment. It fashions its own perfect moments out of ordinary ones. Oh, that one is good. Yeah. Let's not wait for this ideal moment. I need the silence. I need the, the birds singing in the garden and this and that. I need to wait for the muse. No, from ordinary, every day. No, that's uh, the thing that I like. Good. Uh, some say that, ah, that's an interesting question. Some say that creativity is the number one skill needed to survive in the 21st century. <clears throat> that brings something in me because this is so true. Can you elaborate on that? I mean, that the 21st, we know now, we've heard it many times, is seen as, for some people, chaos, for, for others, a phase of awakening on the planet. So from your perspective, what can you say? Well, I, I agree that many in the world are in a phase of awakening. It's a catalytic time when the world is very divided, and it's impossible to watch the news and not feel those yeah. divisions. So many, many people are mired in the illusion of separation, us versus them, me and mine. When I win, you lose, or you win, I lose. And yet others are transforming, and they're coming to a new level of understanding and awareness about themselves and their place in the world. 
And I think that people who go through an inner transformation process more fully realize their potential and and they find the ability to change their thinking and change their lives profoundly. And it links to creativity because the final frontier of transforming is realizing that you can create your life the way you want it to be. So one of the people that I read is someone named Hans Dekos. And he says, a growing consciousness is a personal experience. Humanity doesn't have a consciousness. It represents the sum total of each individual's consciousness. So I, I buy that. Yet I believe that when one person becomes more in touch with their spirit, soul, humanity, whatever you want to call it, all of humankind gets some benefit from that. So when billions of people take a tiny step toward greater consciousness, then it feels like the world is shifting. And we have seen consciousness being raised about social justice in the world. There's a growing awareness that what impacts one person impacts all of us. So I, I think it's interesting mm. that today about a quarter of the world population was born after the year 2000. Oh. And, and I don't know if you are interested in numerology. It's one of the things that I look at. So that, you know, now there's a two in their number, right? And so the influence of this younger generation is being felt. And within this rising generation, I understand this is a global statement, but there there is a greater sensitivity to the needs of other people. There's a willingness to share and support each other. And in prior generations like mine, you know, our thinking was different. We were raised with different concepts about mm-hmm. being more competitive, maybe even more prejudicial, more about the self, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe you've never chained yourself to a building or burned your bra or peacefully sat in a protest mm-hmm. or stormed a TV station or marched down the streets with a banner. Yet for many people, there is a growing feeling of active awareness that what happens to one of us impacts all of us. And, and that ancient teaching is that we're all one and we are all connected, not only to each other, but to all of nature, all and everything in the universe. And, and there is no separation. So what we do to others, we do to ourselves. And, you know, I think so many times about the Buddha's lesson of the flower, where he held up the flower uh-huh. and the lesson was to see it as miraculous. And, you know, so I know you know this, but for your listeners, the Buddha silently held up a flower and he had a disciple, Ananda, and Ananda was looking at the flower and all of the students were kind of looking, but they weren't understanding what's the lesson that he's trying to teach. Mm-hmm. So Ananda smiled at the Buddha and the Buddha smiled back and Buddha left. And that was the end of the lesson. And everybody understood that Ananda got it, but they didn't. And so all the other disciples went up to Ananda and said, well, we saw a flower. What did you see? And Ananda said, well, I, yes, I saw the flower, but I also saw sunshine and earth and water and rainbows and stars and galaxies and the infinite void. I saw the whole universe stopping along the way, pretending to be a flower. And so we start to see the universe in all things. And we start to see things at a more refined level. And I think mm-hmm. 
the idea is to, to, if we can develop ourselves where we have sufficient attentiveness to what's going on and we still keep that innocence and the wonder and the awe and we have those significant moments every day through attention and through noticing, then we are evolving a little bit. And yeah. as we all evolve a little bit, maybe we can bring others along with us. So I, I that's yeah. my one. <laughs> no, I see. No, I, <clears throat> sorry, I, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, there's, from what you said, that made me think of something because as you said when you were a business uh, business executive you you had already those questioning and i'm surprised that with all the the episode of the podcast i do there always is this kind of i had that questioning before in my life so it's not something that happens like when you turned 70 years old you know it's, it's with you there was a seed we all do have it but some people just bury it under the carpet as we say but the thing is our generation because i am in my 60s too our generation many people had it too just questioning or whatever but the structure of society was so strong the institution was so strong the ideology was so so strong we could not express ourselves or manifest it nowadays because we deconstruct a bit of society structure now the younger people have more opening to express it you see what i mean Yes. But I was not very active when I was much younger. But thanks to our mothers or people of my age who worked hard to help change the consciousness yes. at, at their time. So that's why nowadays there's more opening in society. Now we talk about quantum energy. Nobody asks, are you crazy? What are you talking about? You know, that's we talk about right. stuff. You know, I have a Reiki master who I interviewed uh, la, la, last month, who is um, teaching Reiki to nurses, doctors, surgeons. Who would have said, you know, 30 years ago that it would have been, you know what I mean? So it's, it's like, more mainstream. Yes. Yeah. Things are, are, are opening now. So absolutely. And we're going to talk uh, in two minutes about your uh, program that I'm very curious about because it hits, as you said, people who retired and that exactly that class of people that group of people that can find another chapter of their life so before we go there i just wanted to mention because the world the way it is as we, we mentioned needs more creativity you said it so here i have quotes from famous people <laughs> let's start with greta thunberg <laughs> Creativity fuels our imagination, and our imagination fuels our dream of a better world. Mm -hmm. Creativity is our most powerful tool to shape the world we want to live in. And that's from Isra Ersi. I don't know how to pronounce the name. The world needs creativity more than ever. There is a creative force that calls to each of us inspiring meaning and beauty in our lives. That's from Deborah Ann Quibble. So yes, more than ever, now is, is the time to take it to another step and not just, oh, I resolve a problem by thinking this differently. Transform yourself to, to creativity. Good. So 
Uh, your concept of creativity is also beautifully linked to other core concepts in your approach. I know we don't have time to go over all of them, but can you share with us a couple of other concepts in your approach that you think are important to mention here in relation to creativity? Yes, there are three key concepts that are woven throughout my work. One is the importance of knowing yourself. Two is the power of thought. And third is the concept known as Lila, L-I-L-A. So we talked about knowing yourself a little bit. You know, self-knowledge, I think, is key to thriving because humans often fall victim to the thinking that something out there will make our lives work better for us. And we all do this. Yeah. You know, if I only get into that college, if I only get that job, if uh, I can only get that promotion, go on that vacation, move to that house, get that car, you know, then my life will work better. But when we do the inner work and we reflect on our life, we grow larger because we really become reliant on ourselves and we begin to know ourselves and get rid of limiting beliefs. And, um, you know, it's pretty easy to look at somebody else's life and see where they're going wrong, but it requires a lot of courage to have that scrutiny about your own life. So we talked about that. Yeah. Um, Okay. And, um, you know, it's a hard question. And, and, and to your earlier point, it does require a daily discipline of, responsibility and accountability and courage where you say, I'm not going to be a victim or blame somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, James Hollis, one of my teachers said, nobody looks in the mirror and says, I'm, I think I will repeat the same mistakes today. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, unless we start to take some action or think differently, then our energy just flows with that old programming. So knowing yourself is, is a big theme for me. And one way, of course, is to have a daily meditation process, practice. The second thing is power of thought. And this is, you know, very closely related. And it's understanding the power of your thinking habits and shaping them to allow you to use more of your potential. And we can spend a lot of time talking about that. But, you know, for most of us, what we think today, we thought last week, last year, five years ago, you know, we don't really refresh ourselves and open ourselves up to new healthier patterns of thinking um yeah. so that could be a whole discussion in and of itself so that's mm-hmm. the second thing and then the third thing is this idea of lila and lila is a sanskrit word that means the play of creation and mm-hmm. i've heard deepak chopra ask the question what if we lived in a recreational universe and i love the idea of thinking about divine play and joyfully embracing all aspects of life. And I think as I studied meditation, I learned the importance of just taking ourselves and our lives with a little more lightness Mm. and the importance of incorporating a sense of play and enjoyment in daily life, which creativity helps you do. So I remember I initially felt somewhat shocked to begin to see the universe as playful But when I thought about it more, I had some insights and I began to see how exploring creativity as adults really can be so beneficial Mm. because, you know, people who are happy tend to make time for creativity at play. And, you know, it's like that Kurt Vonnegut quote that you mentioned, art makes your soul grow. And so when you creatively play, you feel refreshed and renewed and it's very different from when you feel serious and heavy. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, and so it takes, it takes time. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And it helps also create new neural pathways. Yes. You know, that's hard yes. to really install another. So about... Wait, just one, uh, one more thing. Yeah. Just building on what you were just saying there, George Bernard Shaw, you'll love this quote, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I like that one. I like that one. It's so true. It's well said. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, you have, as I mentioned earlier, you have several strings to your bow. Uh, as an artist, transformational coach, course creator, etc. And an example, you also use creativity and meditation, <clears throat> sorry, as a catalyst in your program, Thriving in Retirement. Can you tell us why you created such a program and why those modalities help people transform? Yes, I would love to talk about it. I offer a program that helps people thrive in retirement. And this idea of staying creative throughout your whole life is a central theme. I, I created the program because some people really struggle when they hit this moment in life, this particular mm -hmm. life transition. And I've known a lot of people that have fallen into depression or they felt wow. confused or bored or lonely. And to see somebody go from a highly confident executive And then they come into this transition and they become really ineffective in life. And yet others wow. find this path toward greater meaning and fulfillment and they create a life that's joyful yeah. because they're making an impact. And at a, at a certain point in our evolution, I think we all yearn for purpose. And retirement, to your earlier point, can finally be that moment in life when we explore this question. You know, uh, James Hollis, again, one of my teachers, asked a question that really made me stop and think. And he asked, wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to meet the person you were meant to be? And during work life, I sometimes felt like, yeah, I would like to meet the person I was meant to be. <laughs> I feel like I, I lived quite a lot of life directed by somebody else's values and choices. Uh, and I love this stage of life where I can live my passions and my dreams and wake up yeah. excited every day. And I can't wait to get to what I have planned. And I feel more connected to my intuition. And so I, I love to help people be at their best and use more of their gifts and talents. And it's a dramatic contrast to some of the biggest fears that people have about retired life, which is <laughs> feeling stuck in boredom. Nothing is compelling yeah. you to get out of bed in the morning. Sleepwalking through a dull life. It also, yeah. I think, helps if you think about the implications of longevity. And I know you and I talked about this for a second before. People are living so much longer today. Yeah, exactly. You know, what if after you retire, you had 40 or 50 more productive years ahead of you? Exactly. That's potentially time to go back to school, learn an entire body of new work, launch into something that really engages you, that you're passionate about. And it's so exciting to think about that. So it, it is part of my purpose to help people become more of who they truly are and embrace this moment in life to live at their best and find deep fulfillment and, and truly to thrive. So oh, that's wonderful. I love that. I, I, lo I really love this, uh, this concept of the program. Yeah. Because we know society is getting older, at least in the West. <laughs> I don't know in Asia, in Asia or in the East world, but uh, yeah, society is getting older. So what are we going to do? 
you know. Exactly. And, I mean, the, the oldest living person was in France. She lived to be 122. <sighs> you see? So, yeah, it's, it's wonderful because that also will help younger generation to not think of retirement as that the end. You know, there's there's more. Life is large, it's big, and yes. it's not the end. I, I, I knew a young person in her 20s who said to me, oh, I just want to work for a few years and then retire. And I'm like, oh, okay, that means the concept of retirement is not what we, we hear about. You know, For her, it's just a way to stop working and enjoy life. That's our concept of retirement, you know. So she wants to retire at 30 years old. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, that's a good program. I really like it. Thank you for mentioning that. And again, people can go to your website and explore. So uh, two more questions quickly. We are we are running out of time. But uh, in previous podcast uh, episodes, uh, I discussed with a guest the future of education. I think it's very important. And uh, how society would change by implementing basic conscious practices like meditation as an early age and as a natural practice in any other disciplines, you know, like in medicine, psychology, schools, and so on. How would you see a basic creativity program in that sense? You're doing it already, but as a general course implemented in society, like mandatory, how would you see it? <laughs> I mean, I would wholeheartedly endorse education about conscious practices, and I'd love to see curriculum about how to find purpose and meaning and fulfillment in life. And I think society would benefit tremendously if young people would be taught mm-hmm. from an early age about consciousness, non-duality, divine oneness, and have them think about the big questions like, why are we here? And of course, meditation is an important tool that enhances life. And it's a catalyst for this wider picture of thinking. So, you know, Many people go to school for years and they study for exams and and they get degrees. But I like to think about daily practices like meditation, prayer, silence. Those are the ones that really help you progress spiritually and help you expand your own spiritual awareness in your outer world and feel more unconditional love on a consistent basis and just be more compassionate, more kind, more forgiving, show more humility. Mm-hmm. And similarly, I'd love to see an emphasis on creativity throughout life. Of course, arts, education, and schools, but creative exercises centered on knowing yourself, expressing yourself, understanding that each of us has amazing, unique gifts and talents. And by sharing them with the world, we find fulfillment and purpose. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I do believe that. I'm sure we are not the only one. And actually, uh, I learned through uh, some webinars I watch that Jude Curivan apparently oh, I is. Love uh, her. Yeah, she uh, she's working with other people like her uh, for us with the United Nations to create a universal educative program for the evolution of conscious humanity. I thought that I, was a wonderful. I so much wonderful program but we can do also the same on our scale you know we don't need to go to united nations but what can we do to implement you know a better uh, uh, approach to a way of life no good so we have to wrap up so anything anything else you would like to the listeners to know and be aware of or conscious about 
Yes. So I'll, I'll put my creativity advocate hat on and reiterate what you said. The quote from Elizabeth Gilbert, where she said, a creative life is an amplified life. Creativity is within everyone. It's part of being human. Now, some people feel reluctant to experiment creatively, but when you open yourself up to self-expression, life just becomes more exciting because you feel more open and receptive and life feels more magical. So in my courses, creativity helps you know yourself and explore your spiritual nature and connect more to your inner wisdom. And creativity also puts you in a flow state that's similar to meditation. It boosts joy, lifts your mood, and grounds you in the present moment. So I think Uh. people have their hearts and souls open. And when you start to connect with your inner wisdom and allow your creativity to shine through, then you just begin to see the world in a more enchanted way. And you can move past those things you experience with your five senses and move into experiences that you sent with that you sense with your heart and, uh-huh. and from the eyes of your soul. So I love those higher states of being. And I hope some of your listeners might be ready to embrace their creative, playful side and, and open themselves up to experiment and know themselves more deeply. So oh, wonderful. It's easy. You, you could begin with a few easy steps, like just buy an art journal and some pens and markers and crayons and just start playing and give your inner critic a rest and find that innocent, exuberant energy that you had when you were five years old. So a great place to start is with my soul artist experience course, or if you happen to be at that moment in your life, uh, my thriving and retirement program. Oh, wonderful. I like when you said critical mind, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off. Let it go. <clears throat> exactly. Oh, wow. Well, That's all, that's all the time we have, uh, Jane. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time with us. I really love the way you expand creativity to something truly empowering and at the basis of self-transformation. And I really hope that listeners, that you listeners, would see that to step outside the box, once you step outside the box, you cannot see the world and reality in the same way anymore. It's so much more expanding. So for more info and to explore uh, Jane's seminars, people can reach Jane at her website, jane-ramsey.com. And it's also in uh, Jane's bio of the podcast. So to the listeners, stay with us. After the break, Andrea is joining us to talk about what it means for entrepreneurs to do business off the beaten path or outside the box. Stay tuned. told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Set your goals higher and aim for a true transformation in your life. Do not settle for well-being. Be grounded, centered, and raise your consciousness for self-realization. Mayoku Techniques help you start your journey or deepen your practice on a one-to-one training. Check the website 
www.myokucenter.com. And together, let's make a difference now in your life. On Read My Lips Radio, producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, invites you to eavesdrop on her live, unscripted conversations with smart, savvy, creative people as she discovers what makes them tick, where they find their inspiration, when creativity first became their passion, and how their creative process can inspire the rest of us to think out of the box. Enjoy, a.k.a. Radio Red's always lively, cool conversations with creatives. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Oh, how those lips can talk. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Welcome back to Tea Break with Vivian Cosimir. We hope today's episode is making you feel empowered in many ways. Now, back to the show with Vivian. Welcome back to our discussion on living outside the box. And welcome, Andrea. It's a real pleasure to have you with us. <laughs> you are a business visionary, a conscious coach who helps entrepreneurs develop their own off-beaten path in this new business reality. We know the world is changing, that's part of life. But this beginning of century has been accelerated in a way that surprises all of us. From climate issues to socio-political and business issues, every level of society is showing what I call a sort of existential crisis, meaning how can we exist now in a strong shift of consciousness on the planet? So. When we first spoke, Andrea, I remember you telling me, and you see that statement stayed with me because I still want to mention that to the listeners. You said, I wake up the morning with, I want to be open, not flexible. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the, the difference, open and flexible later. But I just want to mention that. So let's dive into the subject. I would like to give the, the listeners an idea of how you describe yourself. I love it. So here it is. I'm quoting you. I am a champion for passionate entrepreneurs who really get behind their missions to serve. And then you continue and you say, I specifically love to support women who are wholeheartedly pursuing their passions and chasing their dreams in addition to juggling the daily responsibilities of life. And about your ideal customer, you say, my ideal customers are coaches, mentors, and wellness practitioners with new ev or evolving businesses model that are passionate about serving and leveling up. So, of course, I picked on those two words concept that are actually some of the pillar of the, the, the conscious business type now in 21st century. The two words are passion and surfing. How beautiful is that? <laughs> so, 
you worked, uh, Andrea, in business uh, administration and compliance. You really worked in a hard, hard concept of business. You then decided to shift to entrepreneurship as a visionary coach with a more conscious business approach. Business approach is a large concept, but without knowing it, you are doing it. So what made you uh, go through that shift? Well, first of all, thank you, Vivian, for having me. I'm really excited about our discussion today. I always love our discussions. Um, you've really enlightened me. The conversations I've had with you, you've really enlightened me um, to even what a conscious business is. Um, so, yes, my quote-unquote entre um, employee life has always been in the very black and white space compliance um like socks compliance you know there's very strict rules on what socks compliance is creating processes and procedures very black and white if you have a process you follow that process you have a procedure you follow that procedure in administration and i was good i was really really good at my job um People always wanted me to voice what I thought the processes should be, what I thought the compliance should be, where it went wrong, what the bottlenecks were. I was really, really good at my job. But as time went on, there was like a little whisper mm -hmm. um, inside of me that uh, told me I wasn't fulfilled. So I started reading books like what? what is this? And for a little while, I like, I thought I was going crazy. Like I really felt like I was going crazy because like I was living the American dream, making more money than I thought I would ever make. My parents were so proud of me, all of these degrees, wow. but I wasn't fulfilled. And like, why, 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 like, why are you wanting to change things around and mix things up? You have everything people dream of having. So mm -hmm. I started reading books, like trying to figure out like what's going on with me and realized that it could be that I wanted more, not necessarily more as in more money or mm -hmm. like um, a higher pay grade or a fancier position. Like I wanted more for myself. So um I've always been very big on volunteering and community service. That's how my parents raised me, but I wanted to go deeper hmm. and I started doing some hospice volunteering and absolutely loved, loved it, loved being a student to people who were at the end of their lives. Um, there's hmm. no holds barred when someone is at the end of their life and you can learn so many valuable lessons from those people, from their families and visiting um, nursing homes and just listening to people talk about their lives and their regrets. And I realized that I wanted to be a different person in huh. totality, a completely different person that wasn't boxed in by mm -hmm. the little name <laughs> that was underneath the title that was underneath my name and outlook. Like I didn't, I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to be more. Um, I wanted to be more outside of that title, outside of that cubicle. And that's what mm. really started my, my journey. Wow. 
Oh, wow, that's very interesting. Listening to you when you said American Dream and you had it all, and but still something was calling you, that reminded me an interview I had with Steve Farrell, the CEO of Humanities Team. And he said many things interesting, but during the interview, there's one thing that I found very interesting that characterizes people like you who have a bigger soul. It's, he said, he, he had it all just like you. And he said, I was living, so he left this, this world of business and he said, I was living something I was paid for to do what I was made for. Yes. You see? Yes. And just listening to you saying that, I'm like, wow, it's just like him, like many other people. So out there, over there, you know, listeners, if you feel that, if it resonates with you, that's a sign you have a calling. You had a calling and Absolutely. you had to listen to it. <clears throat> I mean, if you wanted to fulfill your life, you have to listen to it, basically. So that's remarkable. It takes courage. So congrats. It takes it takes courage to yes. shift, you know, it does. the comfort zone. It takes courage. It does. Yeah. Good, yeah. So you are now in a in a wave of what I like to call a wave of proliferation of entrepreneurs. Now everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, you know, solopreneur. So um, we see them from different age group, backgrounds, experience, people who are retired, who become entrepreneurs, sometimes before retirement, even young people who have no experience that just come out of school and they want to be entrepreneurs. There is this kind of, I don't know, overflowing entrepreneurship as a goal now. So what's your thoughts on that? As a, so, as a conscious business person, what's your thoughts on that? Um, owning and running a business is not for the weak of heart. I mean, it, it takes so much to run and operate a business. And my thought is to make your passion, your purpose, and not run a business for profit. Like, um, and you put to have a successful business, you have to put so much of yourself within it. And to me, that really means knowing who you are. Um, because you get out there, like there's really no safety net because you're the boss, you're the IT guy, you're the marketing yeah. department, your customer service. Um, you really have to put all of you in it. And it has to be about more than making a profit. Like, what's your purpose? What's your purpose with this business? Who are you trying to serve with this business? How are you trying to make the world better, the lives of your customers, your clients better? Like, that's that's the, for me, that's the correct approach to start a business so that you're successful. Um, and there's so much um, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. You're just really out there relying on yourself. You really have to know who you are and be anchored within that and know who your purpose is and who you're trying to serve in order to be a successful entrepreneur. That's interesting uh, because you have people of my age, let's say early 60s, and uh, we have experience. I've done a lot of things in my life. And when we decide to become entrepreneur, we have actually something we want to share or or offer. But when you think of younger uh, people, for them, it's a business model. 
I'm saying that as a general way, okay? There's always exceptions, but just as a general uh, trend, uh, you know. And uh, and we see all kinds of groups of people, you know, a wide range of uh, reasons why people become entrepreneurs. One thing that struck me also is the fact that they say they are more women than men, entrepreneurs, and men succeed more than women. Do you have some ideas about that? Um, I would agree with that. What I have encountered in operating my business, and I remember not too long ago, I got into a social media battle, a social media argument with a woman who got on my page and said that women cannot be successful business owners. Why? Wow. Like that was, I'm a business owner. Like, what, what do you mean? Um, and she was saying that we have too many uh, responsibilities to be business owners. And then she started telling me her story about how she operates like a 20-person household and has meals to plan and schedules to coordinate and all of that. And I said, well, you might not be like in an official, uh, an official business, an LLC or an LTD, but you are running the business of your household. So you could transfer that experience to being an entrepreneur. Oh, and I oh, think that as beautiful. women, we disregard the the life experiences that we have. I mean, even the work experiences that we have and think that our experience isn't good enough or we're not good enough or um, that we haven't uh, practiced this particular model, this particular skill um, from A to Z. So we can't be successful. Um, and even in the way that we spark deals or start deals or network is different than the way that men do it. But that doesn't mean that we can't be successful. We need to put all of us, all of our experiences, all of our passions into being successful. Um, and then we will outnumber the men in being successful entrepreneurs. But again, it takes part of, it takes all of knowing who you are and being able to incorporate that into your business lifestyle and being proud to incorporate that into your business lifestyle. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a daughter, exactly. but I consider those things when I style my the way I run and operate my business. Uh, that's well said. I like it, the way you style your... No, absolutely. And that which brings me to the, the, the question of... Um, for you, uh, what I love is that it's you did not become an entrepreneur because you want to be your own boss, and that's it. You know, there's more into that, and uh, it's it was about serving, and that's a key point for uh, conscious business of the 21st century. And I insist on it. Many guests on my podcast say that serving to be of service, and. Uh, if you can share with the, with the listeners what you shared with me about two things, about what a colleague of you said about transferring, and you started explaining it, transferring your, your skills from one. And the second one is when you were a business person and you were doing um, volunteering and someone told you you're like them. So if you can share those two things that show exactly that you are uh, doing things of you know of service really so um, when i was at my last my last corporate job um 
I became the unofficial student of someone who was very high up in the company. And we started spending a few minutes together every day. And um, I didn't work for him. Like I wasn't in his organization. So there wasn't um, a structured relationship. This is just a relationship that we formed. And he was very clear about the expectations there were for me in this company. And I disagreed. Like I didn't want to go as far as the company wanted me to go. (laughs) I didn't think I had the experience. I didn't think I had the skill. And he really taught me a lot about myself um, during those conversations. And when I decided to leave, he wasn't surprised. But one of the first things that he taught me um, is what I try to instill in my clients and to just anyone that will listen to me speak. We need to take all of the experiences throughout our life and apply those to other experiences that we're interested in. And he mm-hmm. taught me about transferable experiences. There uh, were positions that he would ask me, well, this position was open. Did you apply for it? No. Well, why not, Andrea? Well, because I don't have experience. And he'd say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've done this. You've done this. You've had experience in this. So why do you think that you're not qualified to apply? So he really taught me about using the experiences that I've had and applying them to broader situations. Um, He's also the first person that told me there were some sales type positions in the company. And I was like, oh, I could never do anything like that. I hate selling. I hate selling myself. There's no way I could speak up for the company. And he just looked me straight in my eye and he said, you sell yourself every day. So why would you say that? Every single day from the time that you wake up to the time that you go to bed, you sell yourself. And the conversations that I had with him in combination with that little whisper, that little tickle that I had deep down inside of me are really the beginning of my transformation. So during this time, I had also started doing my hospice volunteering and I acquired a new supervisor. My manager retired, so got a new supervisor. And she really made it a point to develop and grow one-on relationships with the team. And so she and I would have scheduled meetings and talk, talk about the company, talk about processes, talk about my job, talk about things of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. But she also had an interest in our personal life. And when she found out that I would do hospice volunteering, she'd always ask me, how's it going? Um, how is your patient doing? You know, how, how are you handling things? And one day after we finished talking, she said, you know, when you talk about this volunteering that you do, when you talk about your nursing home visits, when you talk about the things that you're learning through the a hospice company, you really, really light up. I think <laughs> there's something there. I think you hmm. should look more into that and pursue that. And once I gave her my notice a few months later, um, she wasn't surprised, (laughs) but she didn't want me to leave the job. She was just saying that I should pursue that, that thing that caused such a, such a spark in me. But again, that was, gosh, right a little over five years ago. And I'm a completely, completely different person. Like I look back on that person and I barely recognize her. I can't believe wow. that was me. I just I can't wow. believe it was me. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's why I wanted to start my business because I feel like there's such a 
gap, such an open space that needs to be filled for people like me, people that are looking for something different, something more, something else than what they have, but they're not sure what that is or what that thing is. I want to be there for those people. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You see, after interviewing so many people, I'm still young in that position of a host, but so far, it's amazing. We all, as human beings, we all have something as you, you describe as a passion or a calling or, but it takes courage and that's not easy, you know, because many people have it. I'm not surprised to hear people say, I've always wanted to be blah, 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 but why didn't you do it? Oh, because I had to take care of my parents. I had to do this. And, but we bury very often. I say that all the time to, to my guests too. We bury under the carpet our, who we truly are to fit the society, the model of society. And that's what creates suffering, you know, in a, in a Zen Buddhist way, that's what we call suffering, meaning that you are not in touch with yourself and you kind of walk around as a zombie because you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you know? So yeah. thank you for, for mentioning that. I, and it came to you so natural. That's what I love. And you trusted oh. it. Oh, that's oh, wonderful. It was so... It was so, I don't know if I want to say difficult, scary, like it was so many things because we're not taught exactly. to follow that path. Exactly. Um, and even as you were just mentioning that, like I remember like talking to people and saying, you know, back then, like, oh, I, I don't even know what I want to be when I grow up. And I just hear that in my mind or heard it in my mind when you were talking on repeat. I said that so many, many, many times. I, it finally had to catch, like, you are not fulfilled in what you're doing. You're not where you want to be. You're not where you should be. You're not fulfilling your purpose. Like that had to catch in order for me exactly. to start pursuing my purpose and fulfilling it, not just pursuing it, but fulfilling it. Exactly. Exactly. And I've, I would like to read a few quotes there for, from uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith. Everybody knows him. He says, uh, uh, a conscious business is, uh, is a business, it's a, ooh, I'm sorry. Uh, a conscious business is a mission with a business, not a business with a mission. And I think young entrepreneurs should really listen to that. A mission with a business, not a business with a mission. Because very often, if you take some marketing tools, you know, to make your business uh, uh, more successful, they always say, have a mission. But the mission is imposed. It's not yours. You have to find something marketable that will catch people's eye. But it's not from inside. And that's what I like about you. That's why for me, you stand out is because you take the other route. Listen to you first. What is your mission? Don't try to have a business because you want to become rich and famous and try to formulate a mission that looks cool, that will justify your business. Yeah. So that's where we are at now. There's a shift of consciousness. And when we say shift of consciousness, it's there. Where do you start from when you are an entrepreneur. So Steve Farrell also uh, said something interesting and he said, um, 
for him, the challenge is to focus away from the highest personal gain to the highest good to the largest number. And what could bring the highest level of meaning and purpose to my life? So also that shows, um, in that sense, the listening to your calling and just make it with the business. Your mission becomes a business. Yeah, wonderful. And let's say also to the listeners something that I've learned from many spiritual people. It's as Steve Farrell stated in his book, if you feel God or the universe is charging you with a mission to help other beings on the planet in some way, trust that you you will also find the resources to carry no, 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 to carry out that mission. So that's a very, very important trust in that sense. So let's go, uh, time is flying. So let's go to your three pillar of your approach, your, your conscious business approach. And uh, the three pillars I would like you to explain. You mentioned that already, but to explain to the listeners about passion, transformation, and purpose. Yes, so for me, Passion is the thing that just burns me up inside. Like I'm on fire for it um, beyond like, oh, this is just something that I enjoy doing. No, the passion that I have that caused me to start my business, like even now I'm getting tingly. <laughs> like uh, it burns me up inside to work with these people who are passionate about serving, passionate about making their space a better place. And my hands are starting to split. Like, it's just something that I'm on fire for. Um, and I want to translate that to helping people bring that out within themselves. And transformation is what actually started my journey. Like, I knew there were some things that needed to shift. And that word shift wasn't even in my vocabulary. I'm surprised that came out of my mouth just now. Wow. Um, wow. That's a surprise right there. But, um, I knew that some things within, within me, within my life needed to change. And I started doing the work because it is a process. It does take a lot of self-discovery, self-transformation, um, reflection, I started doing mm -hmm. that work and continue to do that work on a daily basis of making that happen so that I could fulfill my purpose. And purpose is really like what you're here for in combination with what you love and what comes natural to you. And sometimes mm -hmm. those, those strengths, those natural affinities are buried and it requires work to bring those out and really figure out how to incorporate those things into our business lives. And yeah. that, those are really the three pillars that my uh, business life and business are built on because those are the three pillars that brought me out of the darkness. It's really out of the fog that I had been living in into where I am now. Wow. Cool. Cool. Really? Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. You said something in your uh, newsletter. I love using quotes from people, from themselves. <laughs> so in your newsletter, you say about exploring your purpose. Think about what truly fuels your passion. What change do you wish to bring to the world? 
And that struck me, you see, right there. Your passion is a driving force behind your business and diving deeper into it can unlock a world of opportunities. So that's wonderful. Now, let's go to um, the real, what we call a shift of consciousness from the ordinary way of life. When you realize something suddenly, bing, it changes your way of thinking. Uh, you like concept like thinking versus believing open flexible to resonate with your business and be in service so i let you in a few words describe the difference between thinking and believing for example so thinking um when you and i talked about this before um like thinking is really like in your mind like a concept that you can grasp with your mind you can get around it with your mind but believing is like from head to toe it engulfs you it fills you like there there's so much a difference in the way those things grasp you like if i'm just thinking about something like yeah it's in my mind i can play with a little i can um you know, think of some different concepts, but when I'm believing it, like that becomes part of my life, that becomes part of my breath, that becomes so. part of me. Like it's it's within my soul. There's so much, mm. there's passion. There's passion in believing and then purpose comes from believing as well. So those uh -huh. are two very different concepts that have evolved um, in my life. Wonderful. Now, open and flexible. I go back to what you said to me a while ago. You wake up and you want to be open, not flexible. That's a wonderful statement. <laughs> so flexible is a word that I bring with me from my employee life. Like it's on, I remember it being on a lot of the job descriptions um, for positions that I've worked, you know, flexible to new opportunities, flexible to changes. Well, when I'm flexible, yeah, I can bend back and forth. Like, yeah, I can get with this or I can get with that. But my stance is still there. I might go left or right or back or forth with whatever I need to be flexible with. But being open is like really embracing new things, like a sponge, like soaking it in, understanding it, letting it go through your pores and just becoming part of your concepts, part of your realizations. So just like thinking mm. and believing, there's so much more of an openness with one set of concepts, so much more um, embracing with one set of concepts than the other set of concepts. And I think all of that um, is rooted in consciousness. Exactly, exactly. That's well said. Mm -hmm. So we, you mentioned also to resonate with your business. We talked about that already. So we have a good idea, and be in service. Yeah, people think that being in service is you let go everything and you are poor and you go and help the the world. No, absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so in a, in one or two sentences, how can you phrase being in service? You you elaborated it. Uh, elaborated on it already but just as a way to conclude about your concepts in your approach in business you would say being service is so to me being in service is taking those things that i'm passionate about those things that really fulfill me and make 
me, who I am, make me a better and fulfilled me and pour those things into other people so that they can have that same transformation that I've experienced so that they can reach a higher level of being themselves so they can reach a higher level of consciousness, a higher level of openness um, on their behalf. But using those things, my purpose, those things that fulfill me to pour into others is really what service is. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> we we uh, mentioned the situation about women entrepreneur. So we are not going to dig you know, too much about that, but uh, an advice. <clears throat> Sorry, an advice you would give to women entrepreneurs? When you feel that tickle, that tingle, that whisper, <clears throat> that slow simmer within yourself, and you wake up in the morning and you notice that the quote-unquote dream life that you're living is starting to look a little gray, start looking within yourself. Start looking within yourself Um, and questioning, like, is this truly my purpose? And start mm. trying to uncover hidden passions and hidden strengths and be open to those things that come to the surface and explore those things because you never know what's around the corner. Cool. Cool. Thank you. And you mentioned also, uh, I remember last time, you said something like, we should, women, we should embrace our strength, not trying to imitate men or the mainstream. Listen to yourself. Yes. The last question, because we are running out of time, is globally, we know that corporation, I was in corporation before too, as funny as that is, and um, they started like 10 years ago, they started changing the culture of cooperation. And we talked about that, like, like many companies try to adapt, make a balance work life for employees. And some companies like uh, my nephew worked for, <clears throat> I can't say, but the big companies, and they try to give, you know, PlayStation, uh, 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 as you say, pool table to give them a chance to enjoy together. Those don't work. So according to you, why corporation still can't get this life balance for employees? I think it comes from the anchor of meaning being. Um, and a lot of these, I, I experienced the same thing that your nephew experienced. I had a corporate job that decided to make some changes to provide more balance for their employees. They took a floor of the building and put down like the green turf um, and like benches to imitate, you know, the outside environment. And mm -hmm. they lowered the walls of our cubicles so that we could see each other because they mm -hmm. thought that it would make conversations flow more easily and really like it, that didn't work <laughs> but um and they did things like gave us like the little little balls and things to play with and things of that nature um they were trying to imitate what they thought employees wanted but um in actuality it was designed by people who didn't understand what balance the employees needed to be more productive There wasn't any understanding there. They didn't ask us what they needed. Um, they just had 
had a company come in and design these things and give us these things that didn't work. Yes. No, exactly. Yeah. I saw on LinkedIn a long time ago, a business looking for, uh, that had openings and it says in French, but I'm going to translate it in English. Uh, we don't offer you a job. We offer you a way to self-realize at work. And I thought that was nicely put. I don't know if they really, truly, honestly do that, <laughs> but the way they advertise for that position, that opening, it was interesting, you know. So yes, that's the direction we need to take. Whether you are an entrepreneur or an employee in a, in a corporation, you have to listen to yourself. You have to really find this passion, uh, be in touch with that. Good. Uh, we are running out of time. Any advice for the listeners who are maybe flirting with the idea of being entrepreneur? <laughs> Self-reflection, self-discovery, um, explore, explore the things you love, um, ex even explore the things you hate. Try to figure out like what's this rooted in. Um, I never thought that I would enjoy meeting people and talking to people. I <laughs> hated the idea of that but I, I like that is so much me i love meeting new people now i love sharing ideas with people i hated the idea of that because i was not allowed to do that at my job that's something that they didn't want me doing because then my focus was off of compliance developing relationships jeopardizes my ability to look at things through the eyes of compliance so explore 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 thank you Wonderful, wonderful way to wrap up. Uh, thank you so much, Andrea, for sharing with us a cup of autumn tea, as I spoke about at the beginning. I really hope that our discussion will help people to be in touch with their true mission and passion underlying their business for a better, healthier business world and a higher purpose in their lives. It's all connected, we know it. And it all starts with simple actions and move. People can reach you, Andrea, at the web links you gave me for your bio in the podcast. So go and check it out. So to the listener, thank you all for being with us. And I hope that today's episode inspired you to make a conscious shift to be aligned with your life mission. As you know, the goal of Tea Break With podcast is to offer you a chance to hear from different professionals who share this view on the new consciousness of the 21st century and want to help you and inspire you. It's all about our self-transformation needed to move humanity forward now on the planet. So I encourage you to listen again to this episode and explore the possibilities and directions offered by Jane and Andrea to empower yourself and bring more peacefulness and creativity to your everyday life. I am Viviane Casimir, and this is a monthly podcast. Follow us on the Voice America platform for great insights and friendly talks with a cup of tea. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in to this month's episode of Tea Break with Viviane Casimir. Tune in next month for another new empowering episode. Until then, have a nice cup of tea and a clear mind.